you want to dip your toe into e-design, what I would suggest is starting with how you think your process is going to work. So that's everything from what you're going to offer and what kinds of things you would want to include in a package and including the things you don't want to include, which is a big lesson I've learned over the years. The Wingnut Social Podcast, episode 34, Should You Be Doing E-Design? with Cheney Widmer. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your interior design business? Then welcome to Wingnut Social, the podcast specifically designed to accelerate your business through increased social media presence, impactful online content, and translating digital influence into physical success. This is your social media tightly fastened. Now welcome the host of Wingnut Social, Darla Powell. Hey there, Wingnuts, and welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I am your host, the Grand High Poobah Head Muckety Muck Wingnut, Darla Powell, and I am joined by the afflicted with gingivitis, terminally gingered, soulless, and emotional support ginger. Natalie Graf. Natalie Ann Graf, a.k.a. Nag. No new suggestions. Everybody seems to love you. They don't like these disparaging comments. <laughs> Actually, they love them. But the truth is, is that they know that you're very lovable, which I think makes these all the more fun to say. That's nice. Okay. So, Natalie. Yes. The third time's the charm, right? Sure. This is the third podcast we record this week. And each and every time we've had a podcast, you have promised that you would take me to go see Captain Marvel. I did, didn't I? You did. And I this did. podcast is going to air on April the 4th, I think. April the 3rd. April the 3rd, Wednesday. Hopefully by then I will have seen freaking Captain Marvel. You will have seen Captain Marvel by then, I promise. Marble? Marvel. <laughs> Are we going today? Yes. But today is not April 3rd when we're recording this. No, what is today? March 16th. March 16th and... Green Bear tomorrow. Yes, and I told my granny mm -hmm. that I was taking you to a movie today. Aww. She wanted to know what we were going to go see. I told her and she's like, well, is that a cartoon? <laughs> <laughs> it could be. I'd be happy yeah, with that. it's a cartoon. Okay, Natalie, since this is airing after Luann Live, let's take a trip in the future. One of our superhero powers will be time travel. Ready? And... Natalie, what a great time we had at Luann Live. Wasn't it the best ever? Absolutely. And how much did we learn? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, some people learned more than others. Wasn't it the best time in all the whiskey that was there? Luann really, really came through with that. Uh, she better. Wait, let's <laughs> Wait, jump back and jump forward. No, and yes. that's too confusing. We're, we're, we're in the future now. Oh, we're in the future. So she has provided this. We're manifesting it. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. It was delicious. It was really good. And all the, all the speakers were brilliant. They were. And wasn't it so fun meeting all the wingnuts there? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, ready and scene. Okay. Natalie Ann Graf, now that Luann Live is in our rear view mirror and the events there are permanently etched into our retinas, now we have to focus on next weekend, High Point Market. We have some stuff going on. Yes, you do. I'm just going to. No, you're not just going to. You are 50% of this dynamic oh, duo, lady. Man, are you sure I can't just like, just watch? Natalie Ann, there's yes. going to be whiskey there. That's the only reason I go. <laughs> So the first thing is going to be Sunday, April 7th, and it is an ASID event called Tech Tools, Reviews from the Designers Who Use Them. And I am on a panel with Corey Damon Jenkins, Laura Thurman, Jarrett Yoshida, and it's going to be moderated by Phyllis Harbinger. So that's going to be very interesting. And then I have to shuffle over. 
After that, at 2 p.m. to Chandra Ruggs. <laughs> where shuffle and Chandra. Shuffle, shuffle, Chandra, shuffle Chandra. Ooh, alliteration. Where we are doing our social media talk with Nicole Heimer of Curio Electro. And that is going to be about how to get real clients from your social media posts. We're going to give you actual real usable tips to bring in the clients to your design firms like we have been successful with here at Darla Powell Interiors. And Nicole is also going to go over the second part of that as well, you know, going from your social media to getting clients to your website and booking is really the first part of the funnel. So together, we should be a very interesting team and there will be mustaches. It will be hilarious, is all I'm saying, (laughs) is these two are complete and utter nerds. But informative. Yes. Yeah. And you guys can RSVP for that. You may learn a lot, but you're definitely going to laugh a lot. And you might laugh at them. You know, it's okay. They're not laughing at us. They're laughing with us. Well, yeah, you guys think that. So you guys can RSVP for that event by going to events.mydomastudio.com slash social media. And we hope to see you guys there. All right. So Natalie, today on the podcast, we have Chaney Woodmer, and we're going to be talking all things e-design because she, that's all she does. And we actually saw her at the Design Influencers Conference across from the line while I was trying to stuff my face with a lemon bar, which were pretty good, I might add, my favorite dessert. But I wanted to, did you notice, Natalie, that Chaney, it's just, she kind of let herself go. She had a humongous beer belly. Yes, Darla, I noticed. And you know what that beer belly is? Schlitz? It's called pregnancy. <laughs> So we're actually interviewing for two today. Unless she had the baby. Does that mean that I get to eat more today too? Oh, do you think she did? She may have. We'll have to find out. I don't think she was due till... I think just after, right? Just after high point. Yeah, just after high point. Unless somehow we induced labor, which which we've been known to do. Let me tell you something, Wingnuts, about Chaney Widmer. She founded Mix and Match Design Company in 2015 with the goal of making interior design services accessible and affordable for everyone. By harnessing the power of technology and using innovative online tools, Chaney takes the intimidation out of interior design. Whether her clients are starting from scratch on a brand new home or redesigning a room that's ready for an update, she's ready to help. Today, Mix and Match serves not only e-design clients, but other interior design businesses as well. In February of 2018, she expanded into the education world and now teaches online courses for designers on starting their own e-design businesses as well as interior photography. Enabling others to start and grow their businesses is a passion of Cheney's, and she loves helping them succeed. Help me in welcoming Cheney to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Hey there, Chaney. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to this. Oh, me too. I already told you about the ridiculousness that we introed you with. So you're in your game. I love it. I'm I in. love a good sport. Yes. Okay, great. So today, Chaney, we're going to be talking about all about e-design and why designers should be doing it, incorporating it. Hell, maybe some of them even want to just switch over to just doing that because my understanding is that is what you do because we had a lovely lunch at the Design Influencers Conference, and I loved what I heard, slipped you my card and said, come on the podcast. (laughs) And I said, happily, that would be really fun. (laughs) Yes, you were very sweet about it. So we're going to talk about e-design today, how you do it, what your business model is, how you market it. Is there anything different, you know, when it comes to that? Because it's not traditional design. And we have a buttload of questions here for you. So let's just get right into it. Um, When you decided to create 100% e-design firm. What led you to that decision? Was that something that you started out with? Okay, this is my business model. I'm doing e-design. 
or did you do traditional, you know, show up, you know, the whole full service and just decided, hell no, e-design's where it's at? Yeah, that's a great question. So I started out going 100% e-design. And the reason was because I love working from home. And I also had been writing a design blog for a number of years before that. And so I kind of wanted to combine those two things and keep the flexibility of e-design where I could work from home. Um, I knew we'd be moving around a bunch thanks to my husband's job and his profession. And so to work on establishing a local network of people, you know, and building the business locally was not quite as appealing to me as it might have been to some other people who have a little bit more, um, more stationary plans, if you will. And so it just sort of was a natural fit for me. In my previous job, I was working from home already. I enjoyed that. And I liked being able to serve people in a more affordable way as well. And I think e-design lends itself really well to that. Um, If you're not going out and measuring and doing the installs and stuff, you can have a slightly more affordable package uh, than a traditional designer might. You know, we had we had this conversation at the table as we ate lunch, but I have to ask you because all these guys listening didn't hear this. Some of these pictures that you have on your website that are showing off your e-design are great. Thank you. How did you get those pictures if you're not a full service designer? I mean, not well, you are a full service designer, but you're not showing up their home. You're it's all over. The interwebs. Yeah, yeah. So um, I make an effort to get portfolio images with several projects a year. And the way I do that with eDesign is I tell people eDesign doesn't mean it can't be local. So I make a point to work with a few local clients every year who I know will be wonderful, wonderful portfolio image projects. And so I um, do their project. I let them do the whole eDesign process. And I check in with them pretty frequently, you know, make sure that everything is going well, that they're following my design plan, because as we all know, that doesn't always happen. And so (laughs) once that project is done, I actually go over there and shoot it myself. So I go over, I style, um, I do, you know, a little bit of styling so that it really shines. But the point is actually that it's still realistic and that it looks like the home that they live in every day. And then I snap the photos and put them up on my website, share them on social media. And it gives me a lot of content to share too, which is definitely a huge part of growing this business is being able to show people your work, um, whether you're in full service or e-design to show people what your skills are and that you can actually um, put together a real room. Okay, Janie. So some of these projects, um, that sounds like a lot more legwork to go and to follow up and to make sure that they are photographable. How do you determine, Mm -hmm. you know, if the client is going to be your ideal client for that or, you know, what goes into that thinking? Yeah. So I think that it's gotten more natural over the course of my business growing because more and more people are coming to me who fit into that ideal category. And so it's a little bit easier to see from the get-go, you know, style-wise, budget-wise, all that kind of stuff, whether it's going to be a photographable project or, you know, whether we're working with grandma's couch that isn't going to be real pretty at the end, (laughs) if you will. (laughs) But if if I feel like it's kind of moving that direction, I'm going to start being more intentional with the client over the course of the project. 
those clients may not know that, but it's if it's something that I'm getting really excited about and want to photograph, then I'm going to follow up with them more often after the project is done, ask them for project pictures, you know, progress, see how things are going. And if it really does turn out well, then I'll approach them and say, hey, would you mind if I came over and, you know, styled some things for free and worked with you to be able to photograph this and share it on my website? And I find that most people are really excited about that and are pretty flattered because they're putting in work too. You know, for e-design, the clients are not only, you know, receiving the design help, but they're putting in the effort on the front end and the back end to really make it come all together. And so um, I usually shoot for five to six projects a year that I can photograph. And so when I go out to those places, I take a lot of photos so that I create a lot of content in a really efficient manner. And so I'm going over there and I'm taking photos from you know every angle, taking vignettes, taking close-up shots, all kinds of different things so that I can maximize that time that I'm spending and making sure that it's something that I'm proud of and that I want to share on my social media and blog and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't hurt that you're a photographer. You do all your own photography. You're trained at that as well. Um, so self-taught. But yeah, I do all awesome. my photography and um, I love it. It's a skill that I've spent a lot of time developing over the past, oh gosh, maybe 15 years or so, really since high school. But I applied mm-hmm. that knowledge to interiors about five years ago and have been developing that skill set um, as I kind of go along and Thankfully, it's it's worked well, and people are excited about those pictures. So I think that it's it's showing well, which is great, of course. Natalie, you need to learn photography because photography is really expensive. It is. <laughs> One more it thing is. I need to do. Well, <laughs> I actually thing. have a course on that if you ever want to take oh, it. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, save that. Yeah. Maybe we could barter. Let's we'll see. Yeah, That's right. right. Yeah. We'll tell the wing nuts all about that at, towards the, um, yeah. the ep- at the end of the episode if you want to share that for sure. Yeah. And definitely we'll be in the show notes at wingnut social. Awesome. Do you focus on a particular design style style, or are you open to just whatever? I have a couple of focuses. So I would say that all of my designs have a clean lined edge to them, but they're really cozy and approachable. So that can fall into a couple of different quote styles, things like um, mid-century modern. Um, It could even be coastal with a modern twist. Things that are on the more clean line side of it is definitely what I lean towards. But within that, I do have some flexibility in terms of what I like to design. Um, It's sort of eclectic, but without the really bohemian side of things. And so you don't really get any pushback or whatever that you've kind of niched yourself into that? Niched. No, not really. Um, I think that because there is a lot of flexibility within those styles, I don't feel like I'm pigeonholed into a certain place, but that people can start to recognize my work too, which is good. Cool. Yeah, that's a good spot to be at. You kind of want to be known for your aesthetic and to attract that vibe and that those clients and not maybe have the grandma couch that you don't want to photograph. Right. <laughs> yes. Sometimes the grandma couch is great. <laughs> Sometimes. But usually not. <laughs> My grandma's had her couch for 40 years. I'm like, Grandma, you really need a new couch. Oh, but there's nothing wrong with this one. We really should be saying sofa, right? We should be ho- we should be holding up our pinkies and saying that's sofa right. and not couch. No, no, because back in the day, it's couch. <laughs> 
So speaking of niching or niching, as Natalie would like to say, niching. I guess is niching correct as well? I don't know. Jerry Cerruti. It's however I want to say it is how I say it. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. Great. What do you think about niching for e-design? Because, you know, niche is rich, broad is broke. If you listen to Nancy Gansakoffer, do you think that that's feasible or that's something more in the boots on the ground model for interior design? Oh, I think you can definitely niche, niche, niche down in, in e-design. <laughs> you guys are throwing me off now. Um, Look, I love this chaos I have caused. Let's this say awesome. niche. niche. <laughs> yes, we'll be really French maybe about it. Uh, but I think you can definitely niche down in e-design. And I think you should actually, because just because it's e-design doesn't mean that you do everything under the sun. You're still creating a business. You're still creating something that you are proud to share with the world. And if that means designing in a certain aesthetic, then I think that that's completely fine and probably advisable to niche down into a particular look or style. My sort of thing is affordable and approachable design. And it has that sort of clean, modern look, but it also isn't in that high luxury end. And that's okay with me. You know, I'm, I'm happy to work with those clients who have a slightly tighter budget, but are willing to pay for design services to make sure that their homes really do look like what they want them to look like. Okay, so let's, let's, let's get in a little bit of talking about your systems. I'm sure, I mean, you're, you're incredibly bright. And I'm sure you have your systems and processes all down. And you know how it is on the, I'll say it again, because I enjoyed it so much the first time, the boots on the ground side mm -hmm. of interior design. You know, you, we have our steps and our processes and how we go about everything. I'm sure that you have the same thing. Do you offer packages? You have, Are you very clear with your steps for your clients? And how often do clients come back to you with the wrong measurements and mess everything up? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. I do have a system and a process. I'm kind of type A about that kind of stuff. So there's a whole onboarding process to how I work. And you can go onto my website and read it from start to finish. If you're a prospective client, you know exactly how much the packages cost. And I do it on a per room basis. And so there's the full room package, I have a space planning package, and then also a virtual consultation. So whatever you kind of need usually fits into one of those categories. And you can see the pricing and then the steps you need to take in order to get started with me. So once people get to me and say they want to work with me, they've already done a lot of the homework themselves. And so I don't have to do a ton of, you know, emailing back and forth or do I fit your process? Do you fit my process? People kind of self-select into working with me, which is great for me because I'm a one woman show and I have, you know, a lot of things to do and not a lot of time. And so um, it works <laughs> and a really baby on the way. and a baby on the way. So I need to even tighten those things a little bit more. Um, but I like having a process where people can go onto the website, know what they're going to get up front, and then they can see examples of my work and know if that's a good fit for them. And I would say, you know, 90% of clients who come through the door say, I'm ready to get started. What's the next step? Let's go ahead, which is really nice. So it's not something that I have to, you know, go back and forth with them on or work through whether e-design is actually a good fit, because hopefully they've gone ahead and read through my website and figured out whether that is something that's going to work for them. And would you say once they read through your website that that actually helps you connect with the client instead of the normal you meet face to face? Yeah, I think so. Because you do miss a little bit of that personal connection that you get from the face to face stuff. I think that, you know, the internet can only replace so much. And so if you can find ways to establish yourself and your personality and help that shine through your website and your social media and things like that, then people know what they're going to get when they work with you. 
And so that's important because I want them to, you know, be able to know the kind of personality that I have when I work with people. You know, it's a, it's upbeat, it's um, approachable, it's easy to work with. And my job is to make it easy for you to turn your home into a place that you love. And so whatever that means for us, um, hopefully is conveyed through the website and through social media and things like that. Okay, Cheney, let's say that the designers listening or the home pros listening are thinking, you know, um, this would be a great service to either add to my business model or maybe do instead. Um, the way, you know, the way the market's changing. So where would you recommend that they they begin, you know, dipping their toe in those waters? I'm looking at your website now and I see that you have a virtual design consultation. Mm-hmm. Is that something that would be a good way to just kind of get started into this business or what would you recommend? Yeah, that's a that's a great thought because it it is different. You know, it is a different service than full service design. And I think that people need to recognize that they're two kind of different entities, if you will, um, and that they're not necessarily competing with one another either. So I think you can have both. Mm-hmm. I think you can do both. You can do one or the other. Um, and it doesn't have to mean that one is better than the other. They're just different. And so if you want to dip your toe into e-design, what I would suggest is starting with how you think your process is going to work. So that's everything from what you're going to offer and what kinds of things you would want to include in a package and including the things you don't want to include, which is a big lesson I've learned over the years, is figure out (laughs) what you don't enjoy and get rid of that. You know, it's your business. You can create it to be what you want. Um, So figuring out what you want to offer and then pricing it and then figure out the software and things like that that you need to be able to actually run an e-design project. So I have a few different softwares that I use. Let's pick that apart just a smidge there. Okay, first of all, my ears really perked up when you said find out the mistake, the mistakes that you've made and you don't enjoy. So don't think for a second, I'm not going to ask you (laughs) about what you learned and some of the mistakes that you made and what you don't enjoy that you can share it with the the wingnuts listening. And then I did kind of want to know, okay, if you have someone that's maybe they don't do this, you know, 100% of the time, what software would you recommend for someone, you know, getting into it? Now, for someone like myself, I'm 50. I'm not about to go and, and do that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to be willing to learn some things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm willing to pay people who have there learned. There you go. That. Let's just say yeah. that. Yeah. That's, that's, how I, that's how I like to roll. Okay. So tell me about some of the mistakes that you've made and what you've learned about yourself. You know, your, what sparked joy for you and what didn't that, that made you kind of change directions? Then? Yeah. So for me, at the beginning, I was kind of almost creating packages and doing whatever for anyone who walked through the door, just to kind of understand, you know, what people wanted, what the demand was going to be for. And I quickly learned what I did and didn't enjoy. And so the things I really enjoy are the uh, space planning aspect of things and the actual choosing of furniture and decor. And so those are sort of the, the heart and soul of my business would be those two things. And I ended up breaking out those different pieces, as you could see on the website. I have the the full e-design package, which includes floor planning and picking out furniture and stuff like that. And then for some people, they already kind of know what their look is and their style, but they don't know how to set up their rooms. And so that space planning package was actually a new addition last year. And I've loved doing that. It's been really fun for me, um, slightly easier and faster than the full e-design packages. And so I've really enjoyed doing that. And then the virtual consultation is a great fit for people who 
don't necessarily need a floor room design, but really want a designer's ear and eye and see how they can use those ideas to go off and do things themselves. And so it's sort of a, there's a little bit for everybody in there, but those are the things that I've chosen to do that I really enjoy. And what are the logistics of the virtual design consultation? Do you do that via video or via email? I know Carla Aston has one designed in a click. Mm -hmm. It's different. It's a little different. It's advice over the email. But how does the virtual design consultation work for you and your friends? Yeah. So what I do is I do an hour long FaceTime, Skype, you know, whatever the technology is on the client's end. I can do either one. Sure. Um, And we spend an hour talking about whatever they want about their home. And so during that time, they could ask about paint colors. They could ask about, you know, should they actually redo their kitchen or should they just paint their cabinets? Should they refurnish this or what kind of piece should go here? All those kinds of questions are great for a virtual consult. And then afterwards, they get a follow-up email from me, just a one-time email that has everything we talked about in summary as well as any resources that I said I would pass along. So, you know, that's maybe some paint color ideas. It could be some furniture ideas, but making sure they know that it's not specific for their space, but just an idea or some inspiration pictures, things along those lines so that they have something that they can take and do something with afterwards. And so it works gotcha. do really have, well. Um, I'm sorry. People have really enjoyed that. You know, they spend an hour with me and they feel like, oh, I got something valuable. <laughs> but they didn't need the whole <laughs> do thing. Do you have some kind of caveat on there that says, you know, paint colors may, you know, because they're the colors on the screen, you know, don't really translate or the room, you know, some kind of, um, you know, since I'm not there in real life, you know, mm-hmm. do you have anything like that? You know what I'm saying? I Cause, do. Because it's hard to see a, the real lighting in a room and the real color and real, you know, even if it's on the internet in real time. Exactly. Yeah. So whenever I do paint colors, and this is true of my e-design, you know, full room clients or my virtual consult clients, is that I walk through the steps that I would use in their home if I was there. And so the, then they can go ahead and do that. But, you know, hopefully they take my advice and don't pick off a paint swatch. <laughs> but what I give them is, you know, <laughs> three, maybe five different paint colors that I think, you know, based on what I'm seeing, and there's always the caveat of things look different in person, but three to five colors that give them a head start. And so I tell people to go pick up samples and then paint poster boards, hang them in their homes and observe them throughout the day just see how they look. And if that feels right to them, then they can move forward with a color or they can go back and kind of, you know, tweak it or choose something a slightly different and start the process over again. That's a great idea because I do remember when Darla Powell wanted some paint colors. I don't know how many she made me put on the wall to live with for a week. (laughs) We won't even go there. Yep. (laughs) Okay. So Cheney, so the soft, what software would you recommend for designers looking to kind of break into this? Yeah. So there are two big softwares that I think are helpful with e-design. So one is Photoshop, and that's to create the sort of renderings or design boards, as I like to call them. So that's the furniture mock-ups that look realistic. So your, your goal with that is to help people visualize the space with the pieces that you're actually choosing. So it's not a sure. true 3D rendering. Um, you can do that if you want, but just make sure you're getting compensated for it because those are really time intensive. But Photoshop Mm -hmm. is the software I I sit in every day, all the time. And then the other one is a, um, a software platform called Design Files. And that is where I actually communicate with my clients, where I do my presentations for my designs and, um, actually communicate back and forth so that we can 
finalize the design and give them a shopping list at the end, which is the ultimate goal of the e-design process. You're psychic. I was just going to ask you if you used Ivy or Mydoma or what software yeah. you used for that. So, okay, great. So design files. We use my, we use Ivy here and we also use Mydoma. We use a little bit of both of them here, which they tend to work really well together, but we're, we de- do use more of Mydoma lately yeah. and we really, really, really love it. Yeah. It just depends on what okay, you're so, doing. You know, you have to figure out the software that fits well for your business. And so for me, exactly. eDesign works really well with design files. And so that's the one I've landed on. Okay, that's great. Great tidbit, a great nugget. So when you refer or you recommend clients to this particular piece of furniture or this particular item for their home, do you use affiliate links, affiliate marketing? Or do you also, you know, deal in that? Or do you just give them a link and say, here you go, knock yourself out, go buy it on your own? I do use affiliate links. And that's actually a pretty okay. big part of my business model. Um, because my okay. my package prices are fairly affordable, I would say. But then on the back end, the clients hopefully, you know, purchasing at least some of their pieces through my affiliate links. And so that gives them an opportunity to just purchase at retail. You know, they're not paying a premium or anything and they can purchase on their own time. But I do earn a commission on the back end from their purchase. And that can be anywhere from, you know, five to 15% Mm -hmm. on average, I would say. So it's not quite the, you know, trade discount or the trade markup Mm -hmm. that you would get. But I'm also not doing that kind of service. So it doesn't fit well with my model. I'm not doing any ordering. um, I'm not doing any logistics, things like that. So the affiliate works really well for my system. And what do you use to for the affiliate links? Is there a separate software for that or a program? Yeah, so I'm in a program called Reward Style, which if if you've seen the Like to Know It app or things like that, it's the same company. And you do have to apply to that one, but it's a great one. And I think they have a lot of different options for furniture and home stuff. Yeah, I'm in that one too, reward style. Um, I don't use it as often as I should. We actually had a guest on, um, Taylor Sinning. Uh, gosh, I forget what episode. I'll have to put it in the show notes. And we we talked all about it and I still haven't gotten my Yeah, <laughs> it's actually really easy to use. Once you get in the habit, it's a, it's a great one. And they have, I think, some of the best commissions out there. That's what I've heard. I heard they are the best. So do you don't have anything in your your LOA or agreement or your packages that says, okay, client A needs to purchase so many pieces from your firm? It just It's just cross your fingers and here it is and here's where you can buy it? Yeah. And unfortunately, that's just kind of the way it has to work, I think, for affiliates at this point. I do... Tell okay. people in when I deliver their final package and shopping list that purchasing through those links helps keep their fees affordable. And so, you know, kind of give them a little bit of a nudge saying, hey, you know, I do disclose that they're affiliate links because you have to, you know, based on you have to, yeah, right. based on the law. So um, it's important to do that, but <laughs> also law. in the context of, hey, I'm helping you to, you know, put this together in an affordable way. And this is the way that I help support the business as well is by using these affiliate links. So if you can, you know, purchasing through those is ideal. And it, most people do. If they're, if they're purchasing, they're going through those links. There's no reason for them to hunt around on their own really at that point. And my goal is for them to be as satisfied as possible with their final design so that they don't have a reason to go elsewhere. And so that's how I kind of handle that. Um, I know that some people might want to be a little more directive, but in terms of my style and the way I run my business, I feel like that's, that's comfortable for me at this point. Um, and I just, I like for people to know that they're there, but also not push them too hard. 
I like it. And I think probably your clients appreciate that as well. Not that hard sell or, you know, that kind of aggression. <laughs> They're like, we're already paying you for our services. Yeah, yeah. But if they can give me, you know, a commission on something, people are definitely open to that. Yeah, for sure. Is there any way that you ensure that you stay competitive within the market because there are so, you know, there are a lot of options for e-design? Yeah, that's a great question. And a lot of people ask the question also of the you versus the sort of matchmaker companies out there. Um, so the big companies that are pairing designers with clients and how you differentiate yourself with that as well. Um, and I think that it's really about building a business that is something that some people want to work with. And it's you, it's your personality, it's your style that they're coming to. And sure, they could go anywhere, but the goal is for you to stay in front of them often and be approachable so that when they do need some design help, you're going to be the first one that they think of. And I think that's true for any business, you know, not just e-design, not just interior design, but really anything is if you can stay in front of people and stay or keep them excited about who you are in your business, then they're going to be a lot more excited to come to you and work with you when the time is right for them. And where do you put your effort in for marketing for that? Yeah, so I spend a lot of time on Instagram. It's visual, you know, it's a place where you can both put beautiful things and show a little bit of your personality through captions. And so it's a place for people to get to know you. And I would say that a lot of people who are coming my way are coming through referrals, but they might not actually work with me immediately. They might follow me on social media first. And then as they get to know me, they might then come to me and say they came from the referral source, but that they've been following me on social media and they want to work with me. So it's, it's a, yeah, awesome. it's a system I would say, um, but it's not, it's not something that you have to contrive. It's just you being you in an authentic way on a, a platform where people can see it, if that makes sense. No, it makes sense. Perfect sense. I have to, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, we're talking about some of these big e-design firms. I'm going to say the L&W word. Mm, the one that does not exist <laughs> just anymore. <laughs> the one that Laurel and Wolf. Yeah. So they just closed their doors. So uh, this is kind of an off the cuff question. And um I wanted to see from you, since this is your industry, what do you think happened there? What went wrong with that business model? Yeah, so I have a few theories on that. Um, it's something I've watched pretty closely because obviously it's something that affects our industry. And um, I think there are a few things that probably happened. One is that they had a lot of overhead and they had mm -hmm. they hired a lot of people really quickly. And e-design doesn't lend itself to a large overhead is my kind of theory, because they're lower price services. Um, to be able to make enough money, it doesn't make sense economically to have to then employ, you know, 50, 100 people, things like that. And sure, they weren't employing right. uh, designers themselves. Those were contractors. So they're kind of paid for themselves in a way. But to have right. all the infrastructure that goes along with the technology platforms they built, the customer service that they were handling, all that kind of stuff was very expensive. And I think when they may have run out of venture capital money, they found that they weren't profitable. So I just, I wondered a little bit about their business model from the beginning, but I think that those are probably some of the keys to why they didn't make it. 
but it's very interesting to see uh, that first one kind of bite the dust. <laughs> it really is. I, it kind of really makes you want to watch the other ones and see what's going to happen. So if, if a designer is doing this and they they're they want to work from their PJs, mm-hmm. you know, in their PJs from their sofa and do this, which is part of the appeal behind the computer. But then they say, you know what, I'm getting really busy. I want to start hiring. I want to scale this out. What um, what precautions would you say, you know, as far as overhead, what wouldn't you recommend that they do to keep it simple and not go that route? I mean, obviously, that'd have to be, you know, millions and millions of dollars to be a uh, Laurel and Wolf, but on a smaller mm-hmm. scale. Yeah. So I think that the key is to continue to bring clients in. And so if you can price your services in a way that pay for both you and your your additional designers or your marketing people or whoever you're going to hire, um, then you can kind of keep that balance. And as a small business, I think that works really well. The hard part is when you get into more of that corporate business style, if you will, um, then you're having to do a whole lot more on the back end. If you're building your own technology, if you're ordering stuff for clients, which Laurel and Wolf and others do, then you're handling Mm -hmm. a lot of logistics and things that eDesign wasn't necessarily built for, at least in my opinion. Um, You can certainly make it into whatever you want, but there are limits to its capabilities. And so I think recognizing those and saying that I need for my business to function kind of within the limitations of eDesign is where you're going to find success and be able to grow. And you can certainly, you know, hire design assistants and things like that, but just know that you're going to need to price your services accordingly. Yeah. And at some point, you're going to be pricing yourself out of it because the ones that are still standing are still relatively inexpensive. Right. And because they they have that back end model too. Right. And there are there's room for some luxury e-design, I think. But on average, I would say people who are using e-designers are looking for something slightly more affordable. And so if you go too high, then you're making your customer pool really small. And that's going to maybe hurt you in the long run. It just, it depends on how many clients you can find in that sort of smaller area. I'll tell you a thought that I had, Cheney, about for Darla Powell Interiors, uh, coming to the point of offering e-design. Sometimes, you know, our consultations are 425. I just raised them to 450. I haven't told Natalie yet. <laughs> And that does... Scre- I'm always the last to know, Cheney. <laughs> no, Johanna is now. And, um, you know, that screens our clients a bit to know, you know, where they're going to, what, what sandbox they're going to play in. But sometimes when we get down to the proposal, it's still, you know, it's a little bit more than I thought. And instead of just walking away... I thought, you know, wouldn't it be nice to have, you know, okay, well, maybe the full service option might not be quite what you had envisioned for your budget, but here's option B. We also have this e-design if you're more of a DIY, you know, do your own legwork Mm -hmm. kind of client as an option just not to leave money on the table and have them go, you know, run off and get another designer. Would that be a good idea for an interior design firm to have on hand for that as well? Or do you think that's just your, your, you're broadening out your focus too much? Would you, or would you prefer, you know, do one, do the other, do it well, don't mix and match? I can answer that, Jamie. <laughs> well, Natalie, what would you say first? <laughs> I have my thoughts. Uh, I would refer them. I would refer them out to you. Hello. Uh, there's the yeah. Oh, no, there's a twist. Light bulb. Okay. <laughs> yeah, light bulb. That's what the soulless ginger would do because that sounds like too much work, and that sounds like you're spreading your efforts too thin. And if you could work something out with your fine little e designer there. You could say, hey, listen, I'm going to throw this to you and, uh, you know, give me a bird dog or send me a package of whiskey. I don't care. Oh, we're going to chat yeah, after the there show, you go. Janie. Business is a brewing. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Now that I interrupted you, okay, you what, can answer your What's the question. expert's answer? 
I like that. Well, I think that a lot of full service designers are starting to think about this. So this is a really great question. And I think that it can fit well into your your service offerings, if you will. Um, I think that part of the key is to make sure that you aren't discounting your, if you really want to do full service luxury design, make sure you're not discounting that too much because you want to keep that as your brand, if you will. And, but I do think that there are clients who are in between. And so to be able to offer them something is a great way to continue building your other business and a little bit of e-design as well. So you never know, you know, once you work with someone in an e-design capacity, if they're going to come to you in the future and want to do full service, or if they're going to have such an amazing experience with you as an e-design client that they refer other people to you who end up being full service clients too. So I think that it's not Mm. as straightforward as should I offer this or should I not? It's more thinking in a bigger way about how e-design could, you know, be a part of your business more broadly. Um, But you do need to figure out if you enjoy it because it is a different way of working with people. Some people get into it and realize that it's not, as interesting to them, or they miss the full installs, or they find they really enjoy it and end up wanting to do more of that and less of the full service. So I've seen it kind of happen both ways. But the other thing a lot of full service design firms are doing is actually hiring someone to do e-design for them. So they're, yeah, they're not actually doing that, (laughs) but they're bringing someone in who's kind of an expert or at least, you know, is starting to move into that world. And then they do the e-design packages for their clients who actually ask for that or who it's offered to. So it's something that you could think about doing if you have the capacity to hire somebody to do it. And that would be my solution other than referring them to you, which we're going to have a chat. (laughs) All right. Okay. So Chaney, you're also working with other designers who want to start their own e-design business as well. Aren't you doing some B2B coaching action in that? Yeah, I am. So I I teach a couple of online courses. So what happened was about a year and a half, almost two years ago now, I guess, I started getting all these emails and DMs on Instagram of, you look like you're doing something interesting. Can you tell me how? Like, how did you get into this? And um, so I started having a lot of like Skype conversations and coffees with people and realizing that there was a gap in the, I want to do this and I can do this issue. And so people were interested in e-design. They thought it sounded like something they wanted to do, but they had no idea how to grow a business out of that. And so I ended up thinking to myself, okay, I could have 100 coffees with people, or I could create something (laughs) that's actually helpful and actionable for them. And so I created my first online course called How to Launch an E-Design Business. And that went live about a little over a year ago. Um, And I've had about 120 students take it over the past year. Wow. Which has been wonderful. And it's gotten a lot of great feedback. So I've loved teaching for a long time. I just haven't really applied it in a formal way. And so teaching that online course is the way that I love to do that. And then I started coming up with sort of my next concept, which is a photography course, which we talked about a little bit earlier, kind of jokingly, but that is my newest course. (laughs) Um, And so I teach people how to get started with interior photography, which is its own animal, its own beast, but um, sort of definitely related to this field. Sure, sure. 
Can you tell the wingnuts where they can find out some more information about taking your e-design course? Because I have a feeling that after this episode, we probably have sparked the interest. Yeah. So you can find information about my education arm is what I call it at mixandmatchdesign.com slash education. So it's pretty straightforward. But if you go to my homepage at mixandmatchdesign.com, you can find the education link right there at the top too. All right, Janie, now is the time. I have to ask you if you're ready for the What Up Wingnut round. I am ready. Let's do it. Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. Janie, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why? I would be an oak tree. And the reason for that is that my name Chaney actually means strong oak tree, which really, yeah, which is a funny little piece of, of trivia for me. Um, but it used to be a last name in my family. And so my parents decided to make it into a first name and they really liked the meaning behind it too, because you've got deep roots and you've got a really beautiful tall tree on top. So I think I would be an oak tree. You were born to be on this podcast, basically, <laughs> is what you're saying. <laughs> if you were on death row, what would your last meal be? I think I'd have to go with Mexican. That's our, our default in our house. We make tacos probably more often than I'd like to admit. Um, and so I think that I would probably crave that Mexican food if I had to choose one. I have to ask you, guacamole or no guacamole? Oh, guacamole for sure. And See a margarita. See, guacamole's good. I'll, I'll go with the margarita. We actually had tacos last night at the fire station. Oh, that's really interesting, not. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you asked the question, but we didn't have margaritas. Yeah, yeah that not might not be station. good not. at the fire no, station. not a good idea. <laughs> Put on a different kind of fire. If you could have only one superhero power, what would it be and why? I think I would like to not be tired. <laughs> I think especially going into this new phase with having a baby, I just find that you know, I, there's so many things I want to do and I just run out of steam at the end of the day. So I think I would like to not either not have to sleep or just not get tired at the end of the day. You know, if you have those hundred coffees with those people, that could help. <laughs> that could help. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's not going to get any better, right? I, I hear her. that. I hear that. But I hear it gets saying. worse and then it gets better. Right. Oh, yes. wait, wait till he's 14 or he or she. Is it he or a boy or girl? Boy. He's a boy. I thought yeah. so. Okay. Pay attention. I do pay attention because my first instinct was he. Okay. <laughs> All right. Last but not least, what book has had the biggest impact on you and your business? So I think this one probably goes both business and personal, um, but it's okay. called The Road Back to You. And it's a book about the Enneagram. Have you guys heard about the Enneagram? It's like a personality test. Not. Okay. No. So it's. If you think of Myers-Briggs, if you've heard mm -hmm. about that personality test, I have. it's kind of like that, but it takes it like 10 steps farther. Um, but there's nine different personality types that they describe. And it really, it's amazing how well it describes you and it helps you relate both to yourself and to other people. And so it's something that I feel like I've used in my marriage. I've used it in my business. <laughs> um, and it's been something that's really eye-opening because it points out kind of your weaknesses, but also your strengths. And then you can take that and apply it to the way that you kind of live within the world. So I think that that's a really interesting book. Um, it's by a guy named Ian Cron, C-R-O-N. I'm looking at it. The Road Back to You, an Enneagram Journey to Self-Discovery. It sounds deep. Okay, let me add it to my cart, Natalie. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> this is normal. <laughs> it's quick. And it's it's a, it's an interesting way of looking at things that's, I think, different from any other sort of personality test that I've ever taken. Okay. I'm definitely, I'm telling you, every show I get to get an audio book or a book. So I should I start charging people to tell their <laughs> books so I can at least, you know, 
All right. So oh. to find out more information, Cheney and her courses, go to mixandmatchdesign.com. If you're interested in her classes, you can go to the same website slash education. Cheney, where can they find you on social media? The same thing, Mix and Match Design? Mix and Match Design Company. Yep. A company. Yeah, okay, there's a, a company on there. the end. If you search Mix and Match Design, I'll, I should come up, but it does have a company on the end. All right. Sounds awesome. Everybody's going to go follow you right away. All right. No, thanks. they're going to take those e-design courses. <laughs> and take e-design courses. Thank you so much <laughs> for coming on the Wingnut Social Podcast and enduring our ridiculousness and giving us all these nuggets of wisdom for our e-design businesses. That was my pleasure. I really enjoyed being on the show. It was ours. Natalie, did you get all the business details done with Cheney after our interview there? We're going to put a pin in it because she is getting ready to have a baby boy. You know, priorities, you know, are so not in the right place. It's I just know. a baby. <laughs> I know. And just wait. Don't you remember when you first met mine? How could I ever forget? I know. No, but I love her dearly. Okay, so e-design. Natalie. She, I like the idea of having it, you know, for a little placeholder there for clients that aren't quite full service, but aren't quite just consultation only. I love the idea, but I really love the idea of just having somebody else do it. And that's where I was going with that. I am so glad you and I are on the same page. Outside of my zone of genius, I'm not going to sit there. Although I could do the Photoshop thing. We do do that for presentations for clients. We We do do. We do do. We do. Mm-hmm. So that I could do. And that's where she said she lives most of her time. And you know, I was dying to ask her if she works in her pajamas. She probably does. She probably does, right? I don't I know if she would so. say it, though, because she's really a classy act. She is, but she might. Yeah. And she's a good sport. She with was. a beer belly. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. I think that's it. I think I have some work to do so I can take you to your oh, movie. Oh, that's right. I forgot. We're going to see Captain Marvel. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. All right. I have to go to I have I have to go to the family. Of course I'll have long seen this by the time this airs. This is right. But I have to go to the family farm and help with the farm for a little bit because you know oh. I do absolutely everything. You are such and a And I'm gonna take you Hey. You're such a yoke. Sorry. I am. Redneck. <laughs> Ginger, soulless, what else you got? Keep them coming. I love it, though. I do love it all. All right, guys, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes or whatever the heck you're listening to this podcast on. And also spread the word. Tell your friends. What the hell? Tell your enemies about our podcast. Isn't it entertaining? Don't you want to share this with your friends and your enemies? (laughs) Follow us on social at Wingnut Social. And if you have any burning social media questions, or if you want to talk to us about running your social media, send us an email to info at wingnutsocial.com. We would love to help you out. We have a lot of very happy clients and we've grown, especially their Instagram account, very, very nicely and cleaned it up, made it look a lot prettier. So I think that's it for this week, Nat. Got anything else? Nope. So long. (laughs) See ya. You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but that's only your first step. Be sure to head to wingnutsocial.com to reach out to us directly and schedule your free consultation with one of our Wingnut Social Media Specialists to take your business from social mediocre to social media master. We'll see you on the next episode of Wingnut Social, your social media tightly fastened. This is where, this is called a conversation, maybe.
you talk so much, I can't get a word in edgewise. Well, you just did. Well, that's because you shut up for five seconds. <laughs> all right, let's start again. We are going to be all over that biatch. And the most important thing that we're doing no, is it to... No, yes. No, no, no. God no. bless America. You are such a prude. Nope. You ain't going to say that. <sighs> I'm full of energy. It's annoying as hell. It's entertaining as hell.